Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Monday of the 17th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, protector of those who hope in you, without whom nothing has firm foundation, nothing is holy. Bestow in abundance your mercy upon us, and grant that with you as our ruler and guide, we may use the good things that pass in such a way as to hold fast even now to those that ever endure. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The Lord said this to me, Go and buy a linen loincloth and put it round your waist, but do not dip it in water. And so, as the Lord had ordered, I bought a loincloth and put it round my waist. A second time the word of the Lord was spoken to me. Take the loincloth that you have bought and are wearing around your waist. Up. Go to the Euphrates and hide it in a hole in the rock. So I went and hid it near the Euphrates as the Lord had ordered me. So I went to the Euphrates and I searched and I took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it. The loincloth was spoiled, good for nothing. Then the word of the Lord was addressed to me. Thus says the Lord, In the same way I will spoil the arrogance of Judah and Jerusalem, this evil people who refuse to listen to my words, who follow the dictates of their own hard hearts, who have followed alien gods and served them and worshipped them, Let them become like this loincloth, good for nothing. For just as a loincloth clings to a man's waist, so I had intended the whole house of Judah to cling to me. It is the Lord who speaks, to be my people, my glory, my honour and my boast. But they have not listened. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. You forget the rock who begot you, unmindful now of the God who fathered you. The Lord has seen this and in his anger cast off his sons and his daughters. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. I shall hide my face from them, he says, 
and see what becomes of them, for they are a deceitful brood, children with no loyalty in them. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. They have roused me to jealousy with what is no God. They have angered me with their beings of nothing. I then will rouse them to jealousy with what is no people. I will anger them with an empty-headed nation. You have forgotten God who gave you birth. Alleluia, alleluia. The Father gave us birth by the message of his truth, that we might be as the first fruits of his creation. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put a parable before the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the biggest shrub of all and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and shelter in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour till it was leavened all through. In all this, Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he would never speak to them except in parables. This was to fulfill the prophecy. I will speak to you in parables and expound things hidden since the foundation of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so the first reading from Jeremiah is just begging for a homily. If God's going to use underwear as a prophetic sign, then I'm on board. I want to know about it. So a quick recap. The prophet Jeremiah is told to go and buy a linen loincloth and then to put it on. And then he gets told to get up, go to the Euphrates and hide it in a hole in the rock. Uh, And then after a few days, God tells him, all right, go find your loincloth. Uh, And, you know, when he digs it up, he finds out that it's just ruined. Now, um, let's face it, this is a pretty um, earthy, shall we say, um, image. But it is being used as a sign by by the prophet Jeremiah. So so what's it actually saying? Um, Well, first off, uh, what's a loincloth? Yeah. so I had to do a little bit of research on this, and um, uh, that was an interesting experience, let's say. Um, it is an undergarment, but it's not quite what we would understand like a pair of boxes or you know a pair of tidy whities. Um, it was more like a, a, a cloth that was worn around the waist uh, and that would be tied around the waist and, and would sort of extend down from the hips to about, you know, your mid-thighs, halfway down the thighs. But look, it was an undergarment, um, which means that it would be worn uh, against the skin. And, you know, it would be the kind of garment that would get washed regularly because it stopped the outer garments from getting soiled, uh, which is, you know, perhaps the most delicate way I could put it. So Jeremiah gets told, go buy a linen one of these and, and you know, put it round your waist and, and don't wash it first. Now, that, that strikes me as a little bit uncomfortable, um, to be perfectly honest, because, I mean, linen's not the, the softest fabric, and especially when it's 
unwashed. Uh, but it, it speaks of a kind of purity. It's untouched. It's unsullied. Uh, and that's what Jeremiah wraps around himself uh, until God tells him, look, go to the river Euphrates. Now, the river Euphrates is in Babylon. It's, it's in Iraq. Uh, so you can imagine it's a long journey. So, um, you know, most scripture scholars don't think Jeremiah actually went to the river Euphrates. It was kind of a, a prophetic sign. And he, you know, went to a place called Perath, which is near Jerusalem, um, which mimicked the area of the Euphrates. Um, and that there, Jeremiah buried the loincloth according to God's instructions. Now, I'm assuming that Jeremiah brought a second loincloth with him so that after he'd buried the one that he was wearing, he could go back to Jerusalem um, maintaining his dignity, let's say. Now, a time after that, it, it's described as many days, the Lord says to Jeremiah to you know get up and go back and, and find the loincloth that he'd been ordered to hide. Uh, and of course, then finds that the loincloth is spoilt and good for nothing. Now, this loincloth, um, it becomes a sign of the people of God that having been fresh, clean, pure, this people were taken to God himself and brought into his intimacy. You know, this idea of being wrapped around the loins is, you know, this idea of being held close, you know, against the skin. God had called this people to himself to live in that closeness, in that intimacy. When you stop to think about it, it's actually a very touching image. Uh, I don't mean that to be a pun, but consider it for a moment. You know, you're, you're closer to me than my boxes. You're called to cling to me like my briefs. But the loincloth gets soiled. And, you know, Jeremiah is sent to, um, you know, the Euphrates or, or what is like the Euphrates, gets gets sent to Babylon and is there told to hide the loincloth under a rock. And then, you know, sort of after those many days, coming back and finding that the loincloth has been ruined, it becomes a really kind of stinging sign for the people because, you know, the ones who have been called into this great intimacy with God, this great closeness to him, they've soiled themselves they become unclean and they are going to be taken into Babylon, stuck in a hole, and there they are going to spoil. Now, of course, this is exactly what happens. The Babylonians come, they destroy Jerusalem and the temple, and they take the best and brightest into exile in Babylon. And, and you know, in Babylon, they're going to come to ruin. And so Jeremiah's jocks become a bit of a, a judgment for Judah and for, for Israel. He says, just as a loincloth clings to a man's waist, so I had intended for the whole house of Judah to cling to me. It's the Lord who speaks to be my people, my glory, my honor and my boast. But instead, look at the dirty rag you've become. This evil people, says Jeremiah, who refuse to listen to my words, who follow the dictates of their own hard hearts, who have followed alien gods and served them and worshipped them. Let them become like this loincloth, good for nothing. Now, let's just pause for a second and thank God that we're not Jeremiah, that we don't 
have to hold up our dirty underwear as a sign of people's unfaithfulness. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, a, it's an invitation to repentance, to live in that intimacy with God, the, the closeness that he's called us to, to cling to him, to hang on to him, to be drawn into his life. Now, at the risk of this homily going from a PG rating to an M, there is another aspect I think that's important here. Um, the fact of being wrapped around the loins. I mean, for us blokes, it's an area of particular vulnerability um, and, and, and a place where we can be caused uh, an undue amount of pain for very little effort. And maybe there's an aspect of that that's contained in this image as well, that God has drawn us to himself and and has actually made himself vulnerable to us, that our unfaithfulness might actually cause him pain. Now, we mean that in a figurative way, of course, but that's the risk of intimacy. It means making oneself vulnerable to the other. But here's the upshot of this prophecy, that unless we cling to the Lord... Unless we hang on for dear life, we invite our own ruin. I'll grant you it's a rather funny image, but it's a very serious message. So let's hang on for dear life, because the Lord has drawn us into his closest friendship. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. 
we are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Thank you.